This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hi there, Dr. Jen Lincoln here. I can't come to the phone right now, but we'll likely have an opening later on. Please leave me a message and I'll be at your cervix. I mean, <laughs> service in no time. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Let's Talk About Down There podcast, episode four. I'm your host, board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. This week's episode is all about cycle syncing. And if you've never even heard what that is or what that's about, don't worry. You're in the exact right spot to find out. So let's jump right in. All right, friends, I'm thrilled to have you here. We already are up to episode four. It just feels like this just keeps flying by. And I'm really excited about this week's episode because this is one that I also previously had never heard of this thing. So let's take a listen to this call from our fabulous caller, Megan, and see what she has to ask us. Hi, this is Megan. I would love to hear your take on cycle thinking. Is it bullshit? Is there something to it? If I wanted to cycle think and you think that it's a good idea, what resources can I use? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Like I said, I love that we are jumping right into these kinds of topics as my podcast gets started because there's so much stuff out there. And this is an example of something that I had never even heard of until you guessed it. I saw it on social media. So if you're asking Dr. Jen, what even is cycle syncing? Don't worry because that's where I'm starting. So cycle syncing is a term that was coined and trademarked by Alyssa Vitti, who is an integrative nutritionist who founded and runs Flow Living. She's not a medical professional, but she says that she's done a lot of learning and, and apprenticeships and that sort of thing. And I do want to highlight that Flow Living is not the same thing as the period tracking app Flow, which I have previously created content for. And they're two very different things. So I do want to call that out. So in the most basic terms, cycle syncing is this premise that your hormones vary at different points in your menstrual cycle. And based on that, you can quote unquote, hack your cycle to feel your best. And that means based on what phase of the cycle you're in, you should eat different things, you should exercise in different ways, and you should even like work and socialize in different ways. Now, before I take a very deep dive into this, let's take a step back and first discuss the menstrual cycle. Because if you grew up in America for your education, there is a very high probability that how well you know your own menstrual cycle or the menstrual cycle of somebody you love who might have one, there's a very high probability that it's lacking. Not because you're not smart, but because we don't really teach this very good in this country. Okay, so it is time for your menstrual cycle crash course. And I do want you to know that I'm going to talk you through it. But if you are a visual learner in my show notes, I've got two references that I think can be really helpful. So I will drop those in. Let's start off really simple. What is a cycle? What counts as a menstrual cycle? So a menstrual cycle goes from day one of bleeding of your cycle, so day one of that first day that you're having bleeding, until the day before your next first day of bleeding. So that's when we often say that a menstrual cycle, the average length is 28 days, and it's because we're counting from the first day of your bleeding until the day before your next day of your bleeding. I hope that makes sense, but I've learned, again, being on social media, it's important to clarify this because some people think when I say, what's your menstrual cycle like? They think I'm just talking about the part where they're bleeding on their period, and it's not that at all. So we as OBGYNs describe the phases of your menstrual cycle in different ways, depending on whether we're talking about your uterus or your ovaries. So first, we're going to focus on the menstrual cycle phases based on describing what's happening in your ovaries. 
And so there's really two phases here. There's the follicular phase and the luteal phase. The follicular phase is the first half of your cycle. So approximately days one to 14. And we're just saying that if you have a 28-day cycle. Again, normal not to have that, but we're just going to use that for illustrative purposes here. And so when I say the first half of your cycle, that is from day one of when you're bleeding until 14 days or technically 13 days after that. So days one to 14. Now, the reason we call it the follicular phase is because sometimes in medicine, things are actually labeled or named intuitively, and this is one of them. So this part of the phase is when the follicles, which are these little, think of them like little sacs or little cysts in your ovaries, they're developing and they're going, okay, one of us has an egg that's going to make it and that's going to be the one that's going to get released this month. And so a bunch develop and then eventually one takes over and is the dominant one. This is driven by a hormone appropriately called FSH or follicle stimulating hormone. We love that. So that happens. One dominant follicle takes over one egg, gets the prize and is the one that's going to get released or ovulated that month. And also estrogen levels start to rise too, and they peak, boom, right before ovulation. And then ovulation happens. For this fake cycle, we'll say that ovulation happens on day 14. And then we kick over into the other phase of the ovarian phase, which is luteal phase. And that is from about day 14 to day 28. So this is when that follicle that released that gorgeous little egg to have its little journey, hoping to be fertilized by a sperm, that leftover follicle becomes like this fluffy little leftover cyst that is then developing into what we call the corpus luteum. The whole job of the corpus luteum is to pump out the hormone progesterone. This progesterone's job is to make sure that that uterine lining is nice and plump and healthy and receptive and ready for an embryo to come implant. And if one doesn't show up, corpus luteum feels very sad, it breaks down, which means that there's no more progesterone, which means that the uterine lining breaks down. And you get, you guessed it, your period. And so overall, during this part of the phase, not only is progesterone high, but there's also an elevation in estrogen too. So the take-home message here is that when we talk about the phases of your cycle, or, you know, this whole idea of like hormone balancing or imbalancing, it's really important to understand that throughout your entire cycle, your hormones are fluctuating, going up and down, and that's normal. Now, if we turn our attention to the uterus and we talk about the uterine phases of your menstrual cycle, really there's two, we call them the proliferative phase and the secretory phase, but we can also carve out maybe like what we call a third part of it, which is your period, which is kind of its own separate situation happening in the uterus. And if you've had a period, you don't need me to tell you that's what's going on. So we'll say the first quote unquote phase is your period. That's when you're bleeding. I don't think you need me to go into that a whole lot. The next phase is what we call the proliferative phase. So this is from after you finish your period until ovulation. So still in that first half of that cycle, maybe around days seven to 14, depending on how long you bleed for. In this phase, the uterus is saying, here we go. Something good's gonna happen that next cycle. Let's get ready. It didn't work out last cycle, but this is it. This is the one. And so the lining of the uterus is building up, building up and getting ready for implantation. And all of that is really driven by the hormone estrogen. The next phase is called the secretory phase. So this happens after you've ovulated until the first day of bleeding. So the secretory phase is happening at the same time as is the luteal phase in the ovary. And what's happening here in the uterus is that that uterine lining stops getting thicker, but now it's changing and modifying and getting really ready for that embryo to come implant. This is driven by that increased progesterone that I talked about before. And I'm going to be real. There is even more when it comes to the hormones at play. And trust me, I know that this can be confusing. But the reason I'm reviewing this is because 
you can see how this is all very scientific and well-studied and there's a lot going on here. Sometimes what you see out there in social media or products that are meant to, as they say, balance your hormones or regulate your hormones, they kind of throw in some of this scientific speak and really it becomes a whole mess and it can be very confusing as to what's legit and what's not, which is why I wanted to go over it. So you might be like, um, Dr. Jen, wait, I heard the menstrual cycle described totally differently and way more simply in these phases. For example, these four phases, menstruation, the follicular phase, ovulation, and the luteal phase. It's true. Sometimes we get more specific when we talk about what's happening in the ovaries or the uterus. And sometimes we don't even say that menstruation is a separate phase or designate ovulation as a phase, but just a one day event, blah, blah, blah. The point is your menstrual cycle is really cool, even though I know sometimes it's a pain in the butt, but it is this gorgeous dance of hormones. And I think every OBGYN who's ever had to study and sit down and draw out and diagram and think about all these things, a lot of times we think, my gosh, how does anybody ever have a normal period with the way things have to be so perfectly timed? It's really amazing. Okay, you did it. You stuck with me through all of that. So let me just kind of give the big view here where we've just gone through all that. You see how a lot of things change in your body. So really, it's no mystery that we feel different at different points in our menstrual cycle, right? If you've had a period before you have a uterus, you know that there are times in your cycle where sometimes you feel more bloated, sometimes you feel hungry, sometimes you feel more turned on and in the mood. But what I'm here to ask and to chat with you about today is, should we take it a step further and basically biohack our cycles to optimize our lives? Is cycle syncing this idea that you can micromanage your cycle to improve your life real or legit like Megan asked? Well, I'm going to say that yes, it actually can be legit to a point, but not like how Alyssa Vitti and many other wellness experts often describe it. Remember in episode three, when I discussed birth control BS and described some of the red flags of influencers and people out there making claims. And if not, you can pause and go listen to that, or I can just give you the really quick recap, which is Here's the four quick things that I tell people to look out for when they're consuming information on social media. Number one, is this person qualified? Number two, are they trying to sell me something? Number three, are there references? And number four, is this sensational? Does this sound absolutely like it's going to fix all things or absolutely terrible and you have to run away from this one ingredient, that kind of thing? Well, I have to say that this whole idea of cycle syncing as it is made and presented by Alyssa Vitti and what she promotes on her website, Flow Living, it hits all of these red flags. But what I really want to focus on is the part about selling something and the sensationalism. So those two things, because if you go to their website, that is all you get. So literally, the first thing that pops up on the website is a four-day hormone detox plan if you give them your email. People who followed me on social and who listened to that most recent podcast understand that the word detox is the most overused word and it is a red flag in and of itself. Your body is so smart. It is so good at detoxing or getting rid of things that it doesn't need almost always, unless you're, you know, in liver failure or you have taken in a substance far beyond the dose that we recommend it. So that's the first thing we see. Then the website hits you with the terminology hormonal chaos, which as I have gone through social media, as I've been called things by trolls, or as I've seen things, I've started to develop like this whole repertoire of names that I would name a band if I ever had one. And hormonal chaos is definitely now in the top five. The reason I'm calling that out, not just because I think that's a really good band name is because anybody who's being that sensational about stuff about hormones and calling things hormonal chaos, 
it's a red flag. They are really using fear-based marketing to get you to buy their product. The third thing and the third enormous red flag is that, you know, she has this listings of, of everywhere that her stuff has been featured and one is on the Dr. Oz show. And if I need to go into that anymore, then oh my goodness. But I am not here to talk about politics in this episode. But what I am here to say is that there is almost no physician out there who thinks anything associated with Dr. Oz is a good thing. It's been proven that a lot of what he puts out there is complete misinformation. So the fact that this is like a badge of honor for her is very much a red flag that is on fire and the sirens are going off. Then you scroll a bit more and you can see that you can buy a cycle sinking supplement kit. You can buy balance supplements. You can buy a cycle sinking membership. That'll cost you $280 a year. Or you could buy a virtual hormone program. That's $297 a year. We can even just talk about the cycle syncing supplement kit, which is basically a different pill bottle for each of those four phases that I described above. And just as a quick reminder, that was menstruation, the follicular phase, ovulation, and the luteal phase. That'll run you a cool $600 a year. Genius business model. And I do want to say here that for folks who say, well, you make money off of prescribing birth control and these things too. I did address that in my last podcast episode. But as a refresher, no, I don't. I might write a prescription for something, but I don't get paid for that. But when you buy this product, I'll tell you who does. It's the fabulous team at Flow Living. They get to put those checks right into the bank. And then, oh, just one more thing that's like a huge red flag. The website tells you that things like antidepressants are a spot treatment for, I'm not even making this up, quote unquote, mood swings. OMG. Talk about just throwing anybody under the bus who might need life-saving antidepressants. Can those things be overprescribed? Absolutely. Should somebody who's masquerading as somebody with a medical knowledge put out broad statements like antidepressants are being used as a spot treatment for mood swings? Absolutely not. Talk about shame-based stuff. This is a lot. <laughs> and I barely scratched the surface of what's on her website, but I am here to say that this is the exact kind of stuff that you are getting served. Trust me. This is what happens when you use Instagram or TikTok or other things your search history, what you've looked up, the Google terms that you're using, marketing is being targeted to you and you are being served this sometimes in a very vulnerable state. Maybe you're having terrible periods. Maybe you're dealing with infertility. Maybe you have gone to a doctor who did not listen to you and you feel like this is all you've got. And then you go to a website that is gorgeous. I mean, the people on it, the colors, the branding, on point, love it. But it's all to get you in. And it works for a lot of people. Now, if you want to just even talk about the data on these supplements for cycle syncing, sure, you can pull papers that might talk about how certain things might relieve certain symptoms. But these are all very overall, I would say, poor quality studies. And at the end of the day, what I think is the biggest data is trying to figure out, is doing all of this stuff going to have a huge effect? Or is this overall what this idea of cycle syncing really, when you step back and look at it? It's really just the idea that you take care of yourself and you try to live a healthy lifestyle. And if your body is saying, eh, today's a day I need to rest, you listen to it. Now that's not as sexy and I can't charge you $700 for that. But if you ask me, there's a lot more data on that. Now, before I answer whether or not you need to change up your diet and your exercise routine based on the phase of your cycle, let's kick off this week's class in session where we hit up this week's teachable moment. Welcome to the health class you wish you had in high school. This week's teachable moment is all about menstrual cycles. I know, we've already been talking about it, but guess what, there's more. And do cycles sync up? I know, so much syncing this week, but what I'm talking about here is if you live with other people who also have periods, 
will your menstrual cycles or your periods sync up, meaning that you'll get your periods at the same time. Okay, so just mentally answer yes or no. And here we go with the answer. So there was a study in 1971 that suggested it. But since then, that actual study has been reviewed and it said that the methodology wasn't great and it's no longer accepted as true. And since then, studies have also disproven it. So it's actually not true. And when you think about it, it's really just mathematical chance. So if you have a bunch of people in a house who are having their periods, statistically, you're going to overlap at some point just based on if you bleed for seven days and there's a chance that eventually your cycles are going to seem to sync up, but it really is just random chance. Now I'm all for data. And if we have new studies that show other stuff, I'll let you know. But that's all I've got for you right now. Class dismissed. Okay, let's go back to, do you need to change up your diet and exercise based on where you are in your menstrual cycle? Not only do you need to, but is there even data to support it? Because I mean, this whole program that we're talking about, this whole idea of cycle syncing, there's a heck of a lot of products out there and a ton of website hits when you get it. But when we drill down, is it actually true? Okay, so first let's talk about diet, meaning that you're going to eat different things at different times. I'm going to give you the answer. When you look at this topic, there is so much fear mongering and micromanaging with people trying to like tell you what to eat at a different time. So for example, one thing I found was that it was suggested that when you're in the ovulatory phase, when estrogen is high, and that's true, you need to eat foods to support your liver, which metabolizes and helps to break down estrogen, meaning that you've got to eat special foods to help your liver do its job well. I am sorry, but your liver literally does this 24-7 and it doesn't need you to be that into it. The foods that are suggested for this phase are foods like fruits and vegetables, and they say that you should eat those because those are antioxidants and it helps your liver. Newsflash, these are good all the time. So really how I would answer this is a healthy diet is always a good idea, and your liver does not need extra help from you. But eating fruits and veggies and all the things that they suggest, different grains and all different things you know, throughout the entire cycle, they're good to eat all the time. Listen to your body too if you're more constipated and you feel like you need more fiber. You don't need a program to tell you this. Let's look at exercise now. So there is a lot of chatter out there on the internet and elsewhere with this idea that you really need to switch up your exercise based on where you are in your cycle because what you'll be able to do or what you'll be able to optimize will be different based on what the hormone levels are in your body. And there was actually a study that came out in 2020, which is called a meta-analysis, which is some of the best kinds of studies that we have. And this is where they actually looked at multiple studies. And the question they wanted to answer was, what are the effects of the menstrual cycle on exercise performance? And they wanted to provide evidence-based practical performance recommendations to people who were having periods so that if they chose to do different things in their cycle, they could optimize it. They included 51 studies that were felt to be good enough studies and they reviewed them. So the results of this meta-analysis showed that there was basically no difference. <laughs> Rather that individualizing, personalizing how you feel in your period and different ways that you might want to exercise and what you've seen in terms of your personal response to different things, whether it's weight bearing exercise or weight training or more cardio stuff in different parts of your cycle, like that's really what's important across your menstrual cycle. So what they concluded from this paper was that general guidelines on exercise performance across the menstrual cycle cannot be formed. Okay, y'all, that's the point. And it isn't sensational or sexy or buzzworthy, but that is really the point of all of this. How do you feel on a particular Tuesday in a month, whether you are on your period or ovulating or 
in some other part of your menstrual cycle? Like, do you really need to consult a book or an app or a website or give a lot of money to somebody who's going to micromanage your cycle and tell you, oh my gosh, you better not do this exercise today because your body's not ready to handle it. Do this one instead. And you better eat this type of leafy vegetable and you better make sure you do this. Like, it's so confusing. So I would say, just like everything in medicine, it's about you and the person I would see in front of me figuring out what works best for you. And doesn't that actually make sense? Okay, what about work and socializing performance? And I'm bringing this up because that is another aspect of cycle syncing, which is that based on your cycle, you're going to do better with certain tasks at work, like ones that require focus might be better in a certain phase. And you might feel more comfortable with socializing in one part of your menstrual cycle. So that's like when you should schedule all your meetings and travel. And I am not here to say that's not true, right? I've had periods, other people have periods, we know that there's just different times where we're like, oh, I don't feel like dealing with this today. I just feel that or I feel like I have a ton of energy. So yes, you may see variations in your cycle. But you do you you don't need somebody to tell you that you got to give them $300 so that you can nail that down. What if you just turned inward and you you kind of digested that and looked at that yourself, which I'm a huge fan of because that puts the ball in your court. So as we wrap up this part of cycle syncing, is it really something you should do? My answer is it's about listening to your body. So if you're PMSing and you need to stay home and you just feel like tuning out the world for a bit, do it. You do you. If you're ovulating and you feel like you can conquer the world, go for it. But do you need to biohack your cycle in order to live a fulfilling life? Absolutely not. Now, I do want to say, if you feel like the idea of changing things up on your cycle is something that helps you feel informed, empowered, connected to your body, then go for it. And I support you. But if you find that this stresses you out or adds anxiety or it feels like money you should be spending, then no, hard pass. We women and people with a uterus are constantly told about all these things we should do. And oftentimes it costs us money, stress, anxiety, and wasted time. And so if that's the case, I'm over it and I say skip it. Before I wrap this up, I want to put you to the test in this week's Clitorally segment where I'm clitorally and literally busting myths and misconceptions. So let's listen to this TikTok from someone who's describing a cycle sinking diet plan. One of the easiest things you can do to start balancing your hormones is eating in accordance to your cycle. So during your menstrual phase, focus on healthy fats, warming foods, omega-3s, iron, and magnesium. When you move to your follicular phase, add a lot more leafy greens, probiotics, and then fiber-rich foods. Keep that going through ovulation because this is going to help detox any excess estrogen. And then in your luteal phase, add potassium and magnesium-rich foods to help counter the bloat from higher progesterone. Okay, so I feel like we should have handed out bingo cards. And that would be what you would mark off. Like how many red flags did you see? And we had the word detox. We had all these things that you should do in order to like optimize different parts of your menstrual cycle. I know you couldn't see the TikTok, but this was somebody who sells a hormone program. And I know you're surprised, has no medical training. So literally, literally, no, like this is the kind of stuff that is out there and it's getting served to you on TikTok and other social media platforms. This is a perfect example of how cycle syncing culture is complicating the fact that the foods this person was showing us, which was things like salads and quinoa and avocado and squash, saying that, oh, on this day you eat this and this day you do that. And then on Wednesday you do 12 jumping jacks. Like, no, it's so overcomplicated and it's a huge hard pass from me. Now, those of you who 
are listening to my podcast, who see my other social content, who have a fantastic relationship with your healthcare provider, or you know how to kind of see through this stuff. Like, I know you're going to see those posts and you're going to be able to swipe right past it and be like, oh, whatever. But if you're in a vulnerable state where you don't have access to good healthcare, or you feel like your period sucks, nobody's helping you, or you just feel like you've got friends who are trying to sell you these programs, you see all this stuff, it's constantly in your inbox. It's really hard to turn a blind eye. And so I'm a huge fan of when I see this kind of stuff, I report it for misinformation. Nine times out of 10, it doesn't go anywhere, but it makes me feel like I'm doing something and I'm teaching the algorithm. And then I block them. Even somebody like me, who I'm very well trained and I'm very much able, I think, to rise above these things. I don't want TikTok or other social media platforms to continue to serve me this junk. And so you can be proactive in that way and take control of what you are served, whether it be on your social media feed or on your plate on day 15 of your cycle. I'm pretty proud of that joke. That just was sort of me just coming up with that. It was pretty exciting. Okay, anyway. So Megan, in summary, awesome question. We covered a lot of stuff. And I know that part of your question was if I recommended the sources that I would recommend, and I hope that you've taken from this, that I don't recommend any of these programs or sources. And I recommend that you just listen to your body and you live a healthy lifestyle overall and know that there's going to be days where you might just not be so into wanting to eat vegetables and you do feel like chocolate and that's okay. Or you might feel other days in your cycle where you feel like you could run a marathon because that's that part of your menstrual cycle where you're feeling strong and that estrogen is just rocking your body, like go for it. Actually, some people feel better when their estrogen levels are lower because it's more of a testosterone dominant state, but we're not going to go into that today. I just want you to know that I'm here to give you the freedom that you can live your healthiest life without spending thousands on programs or overcomplicating things. And don't feel like you have to like sync up your whole life unless it feels good for you. So I hope that's a bit of freedom, some time back in your day. Oftentimes, less is more, simpler is better. Okay, it's that time where I ask you to rate, review, and follow on your favorite podcast app because we know that's how we get more people talking. So call in at 503-893-2016 and join me online at Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. So let's keep the conversation going, my friends. Call in, leave a question, and know that it's okay to have questions about your body, and we're going to answer them. Mm -hmm.